Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview with John Gibson and me, Andrew Musgrove. Newcastle United welcome Man City to St James Park in the Carabao Cup on Wednesday evening. Later in the show, we'll be joined by Joe Bray, who covers City for the Manchester Evening News. But in the meantime, we will talk all things Newcastle United. I did say, if you've seen a couple of videos on social media, that we're bringing you this episode on Wednesday morning, but we've gone early. Tuesday afternoon, hopefully, is when you're listening to this. And I'll explain why. We'll take you guys behind the curtain. It's because John's getting a bit of DIY done in his house. He's getting a new bathroom put in. Just confirm, though, John, I know you're of a certain age. You're not removing the outdoor netty, are you? No, no, no. I've been brought up with that. I mean, I wouldn't know what to do with myself without that. Anyway, if I come home late at night, I can visit it before I go upstairs. No. <laughs> and it's not DIY because I ain't doing it. I can tell you that, brother. I'm just sitting with the earmuffs on, so I can't hear the noise. Well, they've kindly left you to it this afternoon. Yeah. So um, it's all quiet in the background, so we can hear your thoughts on Newcastle United. And let's start, John, with that performance against Sheffield United on uh, Sunday. No one saw it coming. The key question for me is how much confidence Newcastle will take into the cup game now? Absolutely huge. This is absolutely huge because... Can you imagine going into Cup game if we got turned over at Sheffield United? Um, and not only did that not happen, but it was so um, inspiring. And yes, I accept that the way Sheffield United played, their pygmies in Manchester City are giants. I mean, they were like jelly babies. Their defence was absolutely hopeless. But you've got to be good enough to take advantage of that, you know. And Newcastle were. And it was a joy to this old heart to see that because, um, I mean, in the past, I can just off the top of my head, I remember Newcastle scoring eight against another Sheffield side, Wednesday at St James's, when Shearer was playing in the first home game of Bobby Robson's reign as manager. And he scored five. And if you go way back into the record books, I remember Shaq, Len Shackleton, my old roommate from the first cup days, uh, on his debut at St. James's Park for Newcastle, he topped even Shearer and got six on his debut, which is still a Newcastle record, and they beat Newport by scoring 13. And you can't imagine Newport, that wasn't a cup game, you know. You can't imagine Newport being the same division as Newcastle, can you? But there were then. Um, but those two those two wins were at home. 8-0 away with eight different goal scorers. You're never going to see that in your lifetime. So absolutely treasure it because it's an epic memory not to be repeated. It doesn't get that good. Uh, again, yeah, we might win 8-1, 8-2, 8-3 and somebody gets three. But win 8-0 away from home and all different eight goal scorers. I mean... If I was Nick Pope, I'd find him. He should have gone up for a corner and nodded one in. I don't know what the heck's happened with Popey, but there you go. Yeah, it was tremendous, it, yeah oh. a tremendous victory, a great performance. And it's interesting you mentioned there all the other results that come close to that scoreline. Because in the Monday show, I did ask Aaron that this, this week's trivia was all about the other nine records really? now, the, the nine high tally games in the Premier League that Newcastle have scored. And amazingly, um, all but the Sheffield United win were at home. All the other nine games in Premier League history 
you know, when Newcastle have scored in this yes. instance more than five goals all at home. So hopefully yep. maybe we'll see the same against City on Wednesday. How easy, John, is it for Eddie Howe just to keep everyone grounded? Because obviously, you know, you're going back on the bus, you're absolutely buzzing. Eddie Howe's already mentioned in the press conference today that, you know, the feeling was really, really good in the dressing room afterwards, as you'd expect. But as you've mentioned there, this is Sheffield United. Wednesday is against Man City. Big difference in opposition, even a week in Manchester City side. Eddie Howe, has he got a, a, a task to keep them grounded? Or do you think that camp with the leaders they've got, they don't need any help with that. They, they will remain you know, grounded and, and focused. Well, they will remain grounded. There's not a problem whatsoever in that because this bunch, it's all for one and one for all, but they're also realists. And as you've touched on there, as wonderful as it was, and I will bask in that reflected glory for months, if not years to come, it was against Sheffield United, and we know that, and they know that. And Man City, whether it's the first team or the fringe team, are so much better than that, it's untrue. It's a totally different um, proposition. Uh, when you get an 8-0 away, you know it's a one-off, because they don't happen. It, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And I think it'll be very simple to keep them grounded. And you know what'll keep them grounded? The fact they've only got to think a few weeks back to where they went to Manchester City and were lucky to get nil. It was 1-0 just. They, they, they were in the game, the whole game, but they've played Man City. They know what Man City are like. We haven't beaten Man City. Um, so it will be easy to keep their feet grounded uh, I, without a shadow of doubt. But at the same time, it rubs off. You begin to believe. You walk tall. Now, there's a million reasons why Manchester City will be hard. They've played eight games this season, competitive games. They've won all eight, six in the Premier League, two in Europe, including the Super Cup. They've got a 100% record. When this club traditionally starts the season slow and then gets terrific in the second half of the season to steamroll it to the title, they've started the season brilliant. But we've got, we've got several things to build on. Confidence is one of them. The fact that it was only 1-0 down there, away from home, is a second. The third is, having won eight, and we say, yes, it was just Sheffield United, but you know what? Man City went to Sheffield United this season. They've already been to Sheffield United, and only won 2-1. They didn't get 8-0. So, and yes, Pep will make changes. He won't prioritise... Uh, he will prioritise, but not this competition. He, when he's got, when he's defending the Champions League, he's defending the Premier League, the FA Cup is his third magic. He will prioritise. This will be fourth. He will have team changes. Though I must emphasise, they're the one club in the Premier League, I think, whose reserves, in quotes, are almost as good as the first team. They can put two fabulous teams out. And what Eddie does with his team, will be interesting. I hope he doesn't make too many changes because he's at home with 50,000 Jodies screaming their, their socks off and elated after an 8-0. You don't want to go with a back forward that are strangers with each other, etc., etc., and start with Smiley or alongside Anderson, and etc., etc. It's unfair on the young lads and it's unfair on the crowd expectation. 
let's keep the ball rolling. Yes, there'll be changes, because there's changes all the time at the moment, three games in a week. But don't rip the side apart. Well, that's what's going to be the most interesting thing about tomorrow, isn't it? Is the team sheet and who does he play? He's mentioned in his press conference on Tuesday morning about he's going to have to assess a few players. There's a couple of players with a few knocks or injuries. And then obviously we've had the news about Harvey Barnes and we'll get onto that yeah. in a moment. But in terms of yeah. changes to the starting eleven, like you say, you don't want to see too many changes because the start of the season hasn't been great for Newcastle United. And what we kind of saw... On Sunday, was it clicking into place? Now, regardless of whether it's a shock in Sheffield United team, it clicked into place for Newcastle United and they beat what was in front of them. Wow. By ripping that apart, yeah. you kind of you kind of risk stunting the momentum, don't you? But then at the same time, you have Burnley, you have PSG coming up. There's a fine balance to get, and I I do wonder what he's going to do. I, I mean, I'm not entirely sure. Well. We're not entirely sure at any stage, bless him, are we? Because uh, second-guessing Eddie, give up, and especially on this particular match. Now, had you been away to Manchester City, you could almost give it up, you know, in your mind, because you've got Burnley in the Premier League's more important than the Calibre Cup. Bearing in mind we're not in the final, we're in the first round we are taking party. And certainly the Champions League is even more important. But if you are away, you could privately put out the side that was a bit iffy, perhaps lose, hold your hands up and carry on. But it's home and for the 50,000 of them just won 8-0, you've got to go out there and with your sleeves rolled up and give a performance. And I remember last season, Andrew, you may be able to help me on this, I think it might have been the FA Cup, when all of a sudden he produced a totally different back four. I mean, the whole back four was different. And they played as if they were strangers. And we got tonked. That was the yeah. FA Cup, I think, wasn't Sheffield, it? She- yeah, Sheffield Wednesday was the opposition. <laughs> and they just wanted it more. They had much more desire and fight about them. But that was probably helped by the fact it looked so disjointed. And I do think Eddie was stung by that. I think in his head he thought, right, I'm going to rest it because you had <sighs> one of the fixtures that was right in between the Christmas run-up and the New Year. Yeah. It wasn't just yeah. after then, you know, the, the Cabo Cup final wasn't too far away either. And, or the semi-final, sorry, I think it was, wasn't too far away. You oh. know, you had all these games coming up, a bit like now where this, the schedule was was fully fit. And it's interesting you bring that up because I do wonder whether that will be in the back of his mind where he he did that. He changed it, it backfired. And if you remember after that, Newcastle went on a horrible run of form up yep. until and after the Cabo Cup final. Because then they went it. silly, didn't they? Literally, literally, the back four, if I remember rightly, were totally changed. Every mm. single player was changed. And they played as if they were changed as well. And, you know, that can, in Sheffield Wednesday, or nothing like Manchester City, even Manchester City fringe players. Uh, so don't do that. Keep the bases of your side. Yes, I mean, he, re- he rotates the centre forwards anyway between Isaac and Wilson. He can rotate on the wings, either flank, even though Harvey Barnes is out the picture. He's got limited movement in midfield. Um, and he could bring in an, a new left back if he wanted all to get a bit of experience and just to rest a, a player at the back. He can do that. But let's not go, for example, Livermento, Lascelles, here and other in Hall is the back four, because, excuse me, Manchester City, that lot, 
would be ripped apart because they don't know each other. Individually, they're fine. Collectively, it would be far too much fun. It's certainly going to be interesting because I think he will take the goalkeeper. I think Dubravka will start and goal. Now, I, I said on the Monday show, I, I think Ewan Trippier will start. Aaron disagreed with me and he said Livermento will most likely come in. Then people in the comments were talking about Lascelles coming in. Um, you know, do you take out Fabian Shea or Bottom and just rest one of them ahead of Saturday left back wise? Uh, Dan Byrne, does he get taken out and you play a target or you play Lewis Hall? It, there are options there. It's just how far he goes. And then you run the risk of, like I say, stunting that, that momentum. In midfield, could Lewis Miley perhaps get a nod? But then again, you know, when you're looking at players who haven't really clicked this this season so far, Sunday you saw Bruno back to his best. Elliot Anderson was absolutely sublime. Sean Longstaff, I mean, we could go on and on and on about how good he was. Do you rip that up? Do you? I don't know. Well, I, I, I wouldn't personally, I, but I... We, we don't know when it's the second game of the season what Eddie's going to do, so I find it totally and utterly pointless trying to second-guess Eddie. What is not pointless is what we would do, talking about what we would do if it was our job to do it. Because yeah, everybody's opinion uh, ought to be respected. But please, let us I wouldn't try to guess, particularly in this match, a League Cup game uh, in between two killer Premier League must-win games, Sheffield United and Burnley, and Paris Saint-Germain. It's anybody's guess. He can make individual calls. And you could have the team hugely changed when you think it, you can switch your centre forwards. You you can Tonali could easily come into midfield uh, under the current circumstances, and I think he would be ahead of Miley for starter. And to be truthful, for Miley, a super kid, bring him on his sub. I don't know that the Man City's opposition you want to come in for your first start, and um, it can be asking a lot in there, um, and. On the wings, as I say, you have several choices and you have both your fullbacks, of course. Uh, so it's 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 impossible to guess, but there's all sorts of options available. All I'm saying, Eddie, is don't go crackers. Don't make eight changes. Don't make nine changes because we know what's coming in. Uh, let the ball roll on. I think... Uh, I think Callum Wilson will... No, I think Alexander Izak will start actually against City and Callum Wilson for Burnley just managing the number nine so he can get a few more uh, starts this season. And I guess as well, John, picking the side is largely going to be based on... And this sounds stupid when I say it, but I'm going to say it. It's going to be based on how Newcastle are going to have to play against City. They're going to spend a large part of the game without the ball and that's going to be very tiring Whereas if we were playing a lower league side, you'd have more of the ball. It's not as much energy being used up. And they're going to spend a lot of time chasing the ball down. Mentally, they're going to have to be super switched on because even if it is a reserve city side, they're still going to be absolutely brilliant. So that'll come into play. And I mean, Anthony Gordon's an interesting one. You know, Eddie Howe's praised his athleticism and fitness. But now with the injury to Harvey Barnes, I mean, I would have bet me a house on Harvey Barnes starting tomorrow if he'd been fit. Obviously, it's not going to happen out for months. I will get your thoughts on that in a moment. But with that in mind, Anthony Gordon, does he start, doesn't he? Great question. Um, and why it's a great question, I mean, on form, he would automatically start under normal circumstances because he'd been sensational. And he was truly sensational at Sheffield United. And we've got to remember, he didn't start at Sheffield United. 
you, you, that was a game he was supposed to get a rest, and but because of Harvey Barnes' injury, he didn't. He's so important to Newcastle, and let's be brutally truthful: we want to win every game. But but three points against Burnley is that better than winning your first match you're playing in the League Cup this season? Yes, it is for me because it's well, that a was, first League Cup. That's a question, John. I want to ask you then. Just just we'll, we'll forget Anthony Gordon for a moment. How important is the Carabao Cup to Newcastle United in the context of the entirety of the season? Hopefully getting back in the top four, Champions League adventure. How important is the Carabao Cup? Not Considering the draw we've got in it, not as important as the FA Cup. Uh, but I, 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 And you see, what changes my thinking, Andrew, is that we've had a bad start in the league. You know, we lost three games on the trot. We've been playing catch-up. Now, catch-up entailed us having to win three games on the bounce in the Premier League. And we've done two of those with Brentford and Sheffield United. We must beat Burnley. And then Paris Saint-Germain, the favourites for our group, coming to St James's Park, the first Champions League game at St James's Park in 20 years. This match with Manchester City, if you have to have a pecking order, it's got to be third, isn't it? Compared with the, the, the Saturday game against Burnley and Paris Saint-Germain. Because we can beat... Manchester City and get knocked out of the cup in their next round. If this was the semi-final of the Carabao Cup or the quarter-final, it might be a different ball game. but it's our first game. Not the first round, our first game. So that makes it different. If we had a 100% record in the Premier League, we might be able to sacrifice a draw or even a defeat on Saturday, but we haven't. And of course, we can't afford to lose anything in the Champions League if we want to get to the group stage. Um so, it, it, I mean, it sounds ruthless, it sounds awful, it's not being negative at all, but the first round, and I know it's round three, the first round we play in, in the League Cup, cannot be as important as the next Premier League game or the next Champions League game. Well, Eddie Howe was asked about it in his press conference, and he said, we are well aware of a hunt for right. a trophy here. It is really? pushing us all. This is a competition we take very seriously. We would love that to be a trophy that we want to win. So we will do everything we can do. Uh, we, we will do everything we can to try and do it. Now, obviously, Newcastle reached the final last season. Got people by Manchester United. You know, I, I, I agree, John. In You know, the Premier League has to be a priority. The Champions League more of a priority than the League Cup. But you know Eddie Howe's going to set the stand that he's going to set his team out what? to when he wants to win the game because of that momentum we mention it so often but right. the momentum that will build going into Burnley and PSG will be huge Eddie always we won't lose too much momentum if if heaven forbid if we lose to Manchester City but don't get swung we won't lose momentum um, and Eddie always says a politically correct thing good on you Eddie but that doesn't mean I've got to swallow it without a pinch of salt uh, or a little uh, sugar cube just to help it go down. Of course, he doesn't make make the League Cup as important at this stage of the League Cup as the Premier League or the Champions League and the draw he got. I think we've got a real chance in this game, by the way. Don't run away with any idea that I'm not going to be saying that. But he's got to manage the situation. And let's... Put, let's say two things here. If 
and we hope it doesn't happen. But if we go out the League Cup, we've still got the FA Cup to win. It's not as if we're already out of one domestic trophy and this is the last domestic trophy we can win. And the second one about picking a, a wonderful side to make certain we win, and Eddie always does that. We've just talked about it. He didn't do it at Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup because that's not... That side was a massive risk. And I'm not saying that because of the result. I said it when I got the team sheet on the day and I was sitting with Supermac. So I said, jeez, what, what's this team sheet? And I'm not having to go at Eddie either because he was flying in the League Cup. So, you know, you you can't keep four competitions going at the same time and expect to do magnificently in all four. But, um, you know, he didn't pick a good side against Sheffield Wednesday. That's why I'm asking him not to repeat that against Man City. And from a player's perspective, after you've just thumped a side 8-0, you're in a good run of form, you know you've got Burnley PSG coming up. What are you thinking if you are a first-team player? What are you thinking if you are Anthony Gordon or Bruno Gimbrecht? Are you thinking, I really want to play against Manchester City in the Cup? Or are you thinking, I'll take a little rest on the bench here? Well, uh, I would like to think the one to play. Though I, I've got a huge smile on my face because it was, it, you mentioned Bruno there and he said that he hates playing against Man City because it's horrible because they've got 15 men and we've got seven. Or, or it appears that we remember the famous quotes and we know exactly what he's talking about because it feels like that when you played it. I, I sat at a, a Manchester City game and not playing against Newcastle and counted their players to make certain they only had 11. Because they're everywhere. They go up and attack. There's five people running off the ball. They defend. There's four on the cover. Where on earth did they all come from? They're terrific at it. They really are terrific at it. And they bring in, you know, on, on with a normal side, if you didn't have Rodri, who is the best midfielder in Europe at the moment, if you, you don't have De Bruyne, who is a colossal midfield player, you don't have Stones, etc., etc., all not available, silver, and... Um, you know, you would say, Crikey, this is the time to get it in. And then you look who they bring in, and, and it's quite incredible. And, and, and wonder young players like Cole Palmer and everything, they, they, they can just allow to go because they've got so many good players. And Bruno hates playing against them, but I mean, I think he hates playing against them, especially down there. And I would want to play against them after we played against them in the league and it was only 1 0 uh, down there. Um, but at the same time, uh, the manager has got the perfect answer because he, he is shuffling the pack all the time now. He's got to because it's it's Saturday, midweek Saturday. Um, so he's got to. But um, I'd want to play. In, you see, if I was a player and I was picked, a senior player, I would say I'm in great form. I've got to go here and I've got to keep this going. Because if I don't play well against Man City, I might play against Burnley. And I definitely want to play against Paris Saint-Germain, which is the Champions League coming back to St. James's Park. And if I if I get ditched in one of these, by playing badly against Man City, I might never see that Paris Saint-Germain game. So I would worry about that. If I was a fringe player, like I was Almiron that's just come back in the side, like I was either of the centre-forwards, like I was Tenali who's just gone out the side, I'd be looking at this game and say, hey, I've got to put my marker down here because I because I want to play in the games that are coming up. And if you're young Hall even picked in this side, you would think, I can take Dan Byrne on 
I want that left-back position because I'm a left-back. I'm not a centre-half, so I better play well. So there's a reason individually for everyone to put his marker down in this game. I was going to ask you, um, I think I already know your answer to this one, though. Mm. Who's going to play the strongest side? Is it going to be Man City or is it going to be Newcastle United? Well, in terms of changes, um, Man City will make the most changes, but they'll probably end up the strongest side. I mean, I, I'm liking the fact that you know huh? Pep Guardiola has already said Calvin huh? Phillips is going to start, Jack Grealish is going to start, and it, it, it can be read a little bit like huh? oh, these these aren't such good players when we know they're, they're canny good players. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see their Ain't team sheets. Well, I don't know. About, I don't know how Calvin Phillips is, but yes, he is. He's in um, this. All the time, Calvin Phillips, and who uh, shows Maguire of Manchester United without playing regularly for your club side, you keep getting into the England squad. But Calvin Phillips, this is huge for Calvin Phillips. Calvin Phillips will play against Newcastle, and my God, we've been talking. What would be the attitude of our senior players if they, they they're getting selected to go into this match? Phillips, one hundred percent, needs to be absolutely dominating in the midfield in Newcastle. Because with Wadley out and De Bruyne out, this is a unique opportunity to get his City career after about two second season onto the right track because it's been an unmitigated disaster so far and he could deal with a boost for England as well. So expect him to be going crackers in that midfield tomorrow night. Well, it's the perfect time to introduce our guest on today's show. I'm going to welcome Joe into the studio, Joe Bray, the man who covers Manchester City for the Manchester Evening News. He's just back from Pep Guardiola's press conference. Joe, thank you for zooming down the motorway into our studio. How are you keeping you well? Not too bad, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very, very well. Thank you very much. We were just talking there about Calvin Phillips and Jack Grealish starting tomorrow. Um, how was Pep at his press conference? Um, I mean, he's always got something to moan about, hasn't he? And uh, I think this time it was just a, the lack of players that he's got. Like you say, Phillips will start. He didn't seem convinced that Grealish would start, but maybe coming off the bench, him and Mateo Kovacic are slowly coming back from injury. But, you know, he's he said that Kyle Walker and Ruben Diaz need a rest. I, I would imagine that Erling Haaland may fall into that category as well because he's played just as many minutes. So uh, I think Guardiola could do without this game and especially away at a place in a team like Newcastle because you know sometimes you get these early Carabao Cup games where you play an elite one team and you can play who you like but uh, he's probably got to field some first team players because Newcastle is not going to be easy at all. I mean the interesting then hi Joe John Gibson the interesting thing with uh, with Pep he's won the League Cup quite a few times with City it's been a good competition for him and he's going to prioritise, isn't he? I mean, this isn't going to match up to keeping the Premier League title or winning the Champions League, the League Cup. Um, but do you not get the feeling that possibly City are the one club in the country that can put out all the fringe players and still be super strong? Um, yeah, no, the, the, the fringe players are very good. But I, I think this game will also prove the sort of myth that floats around that City have a, an endless pit of players because... Yes, they've got, I think, four or five players out, but the fringe players are not as sort of deep as, as you think. So they've got, you know, Calvin Phillips will come in. You can expect Sergio Gomez, Rico Lewis, players like that. They're not bad players at all, and they've just come on the back of, of winning the treble. But uh, I think back to last season where City were at Southampton in, I think it was the quarterfinal, 
and played all these players and they were dreadful. And Guardiola's gone on record and said it's the worst game that he's seen them play and they didn't all work well together. So uh, they've got a bit of a point of prove if they do play, but at the same time, you're not at Manchester City if you're a bad player. So I think your likes of Gomez Phillips, they'll have a point to prove and they'll want to show that they are better than they have been when they've stepped up in the past. Well, Pep's made his feelings uh, clear about the Carabao Cup. Um, not that Eddie Howe believes him. I think Eddie Howe has said he doesn't quite believe that he's been uh, sincere in his words. I've got a clip from today's press conference, which I'll play now, and then I'll get your thoughts on it, both you and John. So let's hear from Pep Guardiola um, ahead of the trip to Newcastle United. Tomorrow is so important, but Wolves, Leipzig and Arsenal is much important. Much, much important, more important. And that's why you have to see... Uh, the guys didn't play much going to play and the other one see what happened for the rest to try to make a, a good start 11 and travel there to win the game that is no doubt about that but I have to take a consideration that uh, a lot of effort we have in this period with many players a lot of minutes and we have to avoid to get injured again otherwise we'll be in trouble I mean the first things first Joe that board behind Pep Guardiola now it for you guys listening it's an advertising board which moves behind Pep Guardiola. It is the most annoying, frustrating thing I've ever seen. How do you sit there and not want to tear it down? It, it is as annoying in real life as it is on, on the screen. It's uh, really hard to focus because I'm not sure the logic behind it, but it's modern-day football, isn't it? Yeah, where there's money to be made. But very interesting that he's you know he's saying very important, but we've got a, a busy time coming of it. And what's really interesting is that and I, when I first watched that clip, it, it was lost on me. And I've just actually realised that they're re-watching it. Newcastle United are in exactly the same position. They've got Champions League football. They want to be battling at the right end of the Premier League. Anyhow, though, Joe, doesn't seem to be complaining about it as much as Pep Guardiola. So why is Pep kicking up a little bit of a fuss? He always does, doesn't he? He's, he's had a long-held stance at City and sort of teams at the top of the the elite table of European football are playing too many games and he will continue to complain about the Champions League and uh, all the scheduling issues. And if it was up to him, he'd play one game a week, 40, 50 games a season, and, and that'd be that. But it's it's not the way it works. And if you want to be winning trebles and quadruples and playing in the Club World Cup, then you've got to be playing three times a week. And as much as he complains, he knows exactly what the deal is. So uh, I think it's, you know, sometimes it's a bit of deflection, isn't it? And they, they always seem to put out a team that, plays well enough and, and wins more games than they lose. So uh, I think it's just probably habit as much as anything. He, he just wants to remind anyone who's listening that City have a lot of games to play. Uh, one of the things, Joe, that he seems to be quite clever doing and do it deliberately, Eddie Howe doesn't play this game, but it's sort of saying exactly that. We have too many games. Poor old us. We're struggling to put out the team with all the injuries. I mean, he was suggesting tongue-in-cheek he could play couple of days back, wasn't he? And so then he's in a great position. If they get narrowly beaten, it's in it's in James's. Well, it was bound to happen because we're in four competitions, far too many. And if they win, well, there you go. You're, you're king of the cup again and you're, you're the top dog. And so it can be clever. But, um, I mean, you almost sounded, Joseph, you'd be travelling up thinking City aren't going to win this game, which I find quite amazing. Well, I think before the league game, I had a chat with Andrew and I wasn't too confident 
for, for City just because, yeah, they had a few injuries at the start of the season and Newcastle uh, are very good nowadays. And I mean, I was a little bit disappointed with Newcastle at the Etihad, but I think City did what they do to a lot of teams and just did what they had to do to win and, and were, were very good and they changed a few things tactically. But I think when you look at the players who won't play, you've got Bernardo out, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, he's saying that Diaz and Walker might not play. It'll be Stefan Ortega will come in and goal as he always does in the cup. Potentially Haaland might might be rested. It looks like well, yeah, Rodri, of course, is is, is not there and he's a, a massive loss. So um, you've got all these players who might not be playing. Uh, you would fancy sort of Newcastle to try and take advantage of that. And you, you think back to the last time City were at St. James's Park, it was 3-3 and City had to come back from two goals behind and they always don't not necessarily struggle up at Newcastle, but they uh, they are very aware of what the crowd can do there as well. So uh, I don't think it is uh, the game that he would have chosen at this stage of the competition at all. Well, me and John were just talking before you popped on about Eddie Howe and the changes he might make to his start eleven, given Newcastle have Champions League coming up, but also question whether changing, making wholesale changes after getting back to some sort of form that they will win over Sheffield United. And do you lose that momentum, that kind of chemistry within your start 11 if you do make big changes? It sounds like Pep's going to make quite a few changes. The, the players that he brings in and the way he sets up when he makes these changes that we're likely to see on Wednesday, how does it work in terms of the chemistry? Do, do they just slot straight in and everything kind of goes as if it was their first team or... Do you think it will be a bit, a bit disjointed and something Newcastle could potentially take advantage of? Yeah, I think it will depend who he picks. I can see the likes of Foden, Alvarez, those sort of players carrying on. Mateus Nunes has come in and, and started really well. Uh, even Rico Lewis, who's not featured as much this season, but he's come through the academy and knows this system inside out. So I don't, I don't think it will be too disjointed. It will just be sort of who is fresher and who is, who is fitter and, and ready to take the chance and Calvin Phillips will start and he'll be at the base of midfield and he's a different player altogether to Rodri because Rodri offers you so much composure and keeps everything ticking in that midfield. So um, I think that will be how City adapt to, to missing Rodri and Phillips starting instead will be an area of, of sort of taking control of that midfield. But you've got, even if Haaland doesn't play, you've got Alvarez who scored, um, I think, four goals and four assists so far in the season and is playing really well. You've got Doku who started brilliantly and will take on anyone and everyone at, at full-back. And even if he plays a youngster like Oscar Bob, he's another player who want, is, is really lively and wants to, to get balls into the box. So um, as much as we're saying, yeah, City might be a bit disjointed, they've also, as we say, keep coming back to, they've got a lot of good players and a lot of informed players as well. Certainly going to be interesting. Before I let you go, Joe, I'm just going to ask for your score prediction. How do you think it's going to go? Um, I think it'll go to penalties. I just think because of the, the players that Guardiola said he's not going to play. And I, I can see Newcastle very confident on the back of that that 8-0. I can, I can see it going to penalties and then I'll, I'll, I'll stick with City on penalties, but uh, it could go either way. I'm, I'm expecting a tight game for sure. There we go. Well, Joe, safe travel up to Tyneside. Thank you very much for popping on and providing the Manchester City insight. So there we go. Joe Gray there from the Manchester Evening News. A really interesting insight into Newcastle's opposition on Wednesday. Uh, what did you take away from that, John? It, 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 it seems like, um, yeah, like you said, he's not overly confident of the result. I'm quite staggered because you've got Pep 
not being too confident in his press conference. I can understand that a bit because I think he's a clever old manager, is our pep, and he, he's he's doing it because that's psychologically the right thing to do. Joe doesn't sound at all overconfident. I can understand that the team's going to be missing an awful lot of players, but they've played eight, one eight so far. Um, so, you know, it's, it's obviously, Andrew, the more you think about it, the more it's going to come down to not the Manchester City team sheet, but the Newcastle team sheet. What Eddie does. If Eddie puts out a strong, strong side with a minimal of changes, say three, forgetting where they are, it doesn't matter, but say three changes, as opposed to seven changes, then you can see Newcastle getting the result. With seven changes, they could go out the competition uh, because we can't afford seven changes. Indeed, unless I wonder if his thinking has been slightly altered by the way, Pep is seemingly approaching this game, but Eddie, as I've mentioned during the show, is very on his toes about it. He's well aware that maybe Pep's not been all that uh, honest with his comments about Wednesday evening. Uh, before I get your score prediction, John, or your result prediction, rather, just give me your thoughts then on Harvey Barnes's injury. Big blow for Newcastle, a big blow for the player. It's, it's not gone very well from um, injury aside, you know, he's not been able to get into the starting 11 and when he has done, i.e. on Sunday he's, he's come away with a very strange and as Eddie Howe said, unusual injury it's a devastating bit of news for him. Well, uh, and exactly that I think it's more devastating for him than it is for the club, of course it is for the club as well, but for this guy he's come to Newcastle uh, from a side that was relegated, Newcastle had chased him for Yonks. A couple of other clubs wanted him. He came here. He hasn't got the start he, had. he might have wanted. He didn't go straight in the side automatically. He did the Newcastle United thing, get you up to speed, etc., etc. And then all of a sudden, you, you have a record-breaking 8-0 victory in the record books. So sure he started that game. So in 20 years' time, when people will be saying, how did that winger not score? Or be bounced like? Um, it's off within 10 minutes. Um, do it. it is bad for Newcastle, obviously, um, but it's worse for him. Uh, they, they, it's, I really, really feel for the kid because he's a lovely boy and it, it, it's a real kick in the teeth because it's not weeks, it's months. Now, that's a different ballgame. I was shocked to hear that. I thought it would be weeks, but shocked that it could be months. I mean, if you look at it coldly from the club's point of view, yes, we've lost Alan Saint-Germain, who played a, a, a Saint-Maximin, who played, I'm already into the Champions League there, uh, who played in that left-side position. But we have got Anthony Gordon, who is at the moment the, the most reliable player in the squad, because he's consistently outstanding. We've also got Isaac and Joe Linton and Anderson that can play wide left, and you can even fiddle about with Almiron and Murphy from the other side in some way. So we have a lot of wide players, so we should be able to mix and match. I mean, Gordon will hold on to the position whenever the big games come along, because he is the man and was the man, and that's why Harvey Bonds has, has done so little so far. But Isaac played well there last season. Joe Linton played well there last season. Anderson played there last season before he got 
his proper position, centre midfield. So we are covered. But it's nonetheless a blow. And as far as the player is concerned, a horrendous blow. We all wish him well to get back as quickly as we can, not just for our sakes, but for his sake. Yeah, 100% echo those thoughts, John. How is Wednesday going to go then against Manchester City? Well, that's a great question. I'm going to take Newcastle to win. It will be exceptionally tight. My feeling is that it will be on penalties. They could look back to last season where we're leading 3-1, we drew 3-3. If that happens on 90 minutes tomorrow night, it goes to penalties. No extra time. And Newcastle can win on penalties. Anybody can win on penalties. That's it's a lottery. Uh, I can actually see with if if Eddie picks the right team, whatever the right team is, and I should rephrase that and say if he picks a strong team, I can see we're sneaking it by a single goal in the ninety minutes. But but on penalties otherwise. So the bottom line is I'm tipping Newcastle to go through. That's the important part of the equation providing Eddie doesn't put out a bunch of strangers. Right, dear listeners, I'm going to give you a warning. Sit down. Make sure you're sitting down because Correct. something's about to happen that doesn't happen all that often. Yes. I'm going to agree with John Gibson. <laughs> I can see a single goal win in 90 minutes. Correct. I really can. I think the power of the crowd, the momentum of the last week, what's to come as well. As you mentioned, yeah. the players who don't usually start are going to get a chance to show themselves and show why they deserve to start against Burnley and then PSG. I think there's a lot of elements in Newcastle's favour here. Uh, Pep will pick a strong side despite yeah. his protests. It's going to be a close game. They've got quality. But I just think, a night, a game, under the lights, at and James Park, they're going to do it. I agree. 1-0 suit me down on the ground within 90 minutes, yeah. And the lovely thing as well, Andrew, is there's not a strength-sapping extra 30 minutes to be played before we play Burnley and before we play Paris and Germain. It's going to be a 90-minute game. That is important with all the mix and match that we've got to do team selection-wise. Well, you know what else is nice, just finally, is that we're not sitting here, and I'm not sitting here with like a horrible feeling in my stomach thinking Newcastle are going to get absolutely trounced by either Man City first team or Man City B team. You know, I feel Newcastle can can give Man City a really good game of and win it. And it's I felt that way all the way through the season when you come up against these top sides and just hit me again there. You know, Newcastle I have nothing to fear against the very best sides. Like, you know, for instance, I mean we'll talk about it next week before in the match preview ahead of the PSG game, but I don't fear that either. You know, and I think that's testament to Eddie Howe and the owners. I think when you finish fourth top and you're in the Champions League, you know, everybody's gotta accept your top side. Never mind worrying about other top sides. You're a top side. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in the Champions League. Uh, I don't think Liverpool's in the Champions League. And I don't think... Uh, I don't think that Spurs... Chelsea. Champions yeah. League or Chelsea are in their top sides, allegedly. So we're top yeah. side. We're top side. And we've got to remember that. And perhaps we've just gone back onto being a top side. In 8-0, was dead easy against Sheffield United? I'll repeat, Sheffield United won Manchester City too. They didn't score it when they went uh, to Bramall Lane earlier this season. So, yeah, let's let's sneak this one and then let's really turn over Burnley to put our Premier League show right back on the road and then, boy, are we ready for Paris Saint-Germain and the biggest night in 20 years. 
there we have it hopefully myself and john are right with our predictions uh, guys thank you very much for tuning in hit that follow button on your podcast provider and leave us a rating and review and you lucky lucky people will get to hear from me and john again this week when we match preview the Burnley game, it's all happening. The games are coming thick and fast. We do uh, understand what a privilege it is from our part to go along on this journey with you guys listening. That's not lost on us. And as John says, I mean, next week, Champions League, we can't wait uh, for that one either. But for the meantime, keep yourselves safe. Hope you enjoy the rest of the week. Head over to chroniclive.co.uk for all the latest Newcastle United news, including a dedicated match day live blog of Newcastle United versus Man City in the Carabao Cup. 